the righteousness of faith. Father, I pray for those that are listening right now that you would give them light, insight, concept, idea of your word. Open up the truth to them and let them see what you're saying to them right now. That this word would be medicine for their bodies. It would be renewal and strengthening to their minds. And it would feed their spirit man. Cleanse them, wash them, heal them, I pray, in the name of Jesus. And I declare it is done. Let's go back to Galatians chapter 1 verse 1. Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. There's our key phrase, who raised him from the dead. The Father raised Jesus from the dead. The resurrection of the dead is a key element, a key thing in understanding our righteousness. Now let's take this and go over to Acts chapter 3, verse 25. You are the children of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, And in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Unto you first, God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from his iniquities. Now that's key. Jesus was raised from the dead to bless us. Those that believe in him. Those that have been declared righteous by faith. That's who we are. And God raised him from the dead to bless us by turning away us from our iniquities. Well, what does that mean? That means he declared us righteous because iniquity and righteousness are opposites. So the blessing is pronounced upon those who have faith in Jesus' resurrection from death. Now let's go over to Romans chapter 4 and we'll see more into this as it pertains to righteousness, the blessing, and being removed from iniquity. Romans chapter 4, starting at verse 5, But to him that works not, but believes on him that justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness, even as David also describes the blessedness, the blessed of the man unto whom God imputes righteousness without works. Without works. Righteousness is imputed. It's credited. It's given to those who believe apart from works. We're not working for it. Works will not make you righteous. Imitating righteousness, doing righteousness, doing good things, saying good things, helping people, uh, giving to the poor, any kind of charitable type thing, any kind of good thing, any kind of religious thing or holy thing or pure thing will not change a person. It's only on the outside. It can't get in and renew the spirit of a man. But faith in the resurrection of the dead, faith in the blood of Jesus will. So verse 7 says, Blessed 
are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. The word will not. There's two words there in verse 8. Will not. That is, in the Greek, a double negative. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not ever, never, by any means will he ever impute sin against the man that has been declared righteous. Verse 9. Comes this blessedness upon the circumcision only or upon the uncircumcision also? For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. Pick it up in verse 22. And therefore it was imputed to him, to Abraham, for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again, for our justification. He was raised again when we were declared righteous. The blessing comes and works for those who are forever righteous by faith and who cannot be tainted by sin. <laughs> sin has been removed. Sin will not be judged. He will not charge sin against a righteous person. A righteous man, someone who by faith believes in Jesus' resurrection from the dead, that has faith in his blood. Now let's go over to Colossians chapter 2, and we're going to read some more, starting in verse 8. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the traditions of men, after the rudiments or the elements of the world, and not after Christ. For in him, in Christ, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit dwell. They tabernacle. They live within the man, Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Verse 10. And you, I'm talking about you now, are complete in him. You're complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. Remember we were talking about works? Well, without hands, without works. In putting off the body of the sins of the flesh. The whole corrupt, carnal nature, with its passions and with its lusts. How? By the circumcision of Christ, buried with him, buried with Jesus in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who has raised him from the dead. So through the faith of the Father that raised Jesus from the dead by his spirit and by his glory, through that faith, you were raised with him. Verse 13, and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, has he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. <laughs> Verse 14, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances 
that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross, having spoiled principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Let no man therefore judge you. Glory to God. Verse 14, he said, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us and contrary to us. He nailed it to the cross. Jesus died. He took the sin and he absorbed it into himself. He died. He went to the hell and he left it there. And when he was raised from the dead, he brought nothing back but salvation, righteousness, a clear conscience. He canceled sin forever. Verse 14 in the Amplified is really good. Having canceled and blotted out and wiped away the handwriting of the note, the bond with its legal decrees and demands, which was in force and stood against us, hostile to us. This note with its regulations, decrees, and demands he set aside and cleared completely out of our way by nailing it to his cross. God disarmed the principalities and powers by removing sin. By not remembering sin, by canceling sin, by wiping it out. He didn't just put paid in full over top of something that's still written. The page is blank. The slate is clean. There's nothing there. He will not by any means ever, never, ever remember, recall sin or count it against you. You are clean. Sin is canceled as though it never existed in you or as if you never did it. Hallelujah. Go over to Isaiah chapter 43. And we'll see another instance of this blotting out. We've seen it in Romans chapter 4. We've seen it in Colossians chapter 2. Now look at Isaiah 43, looking at uh, verse 24. We'll start partway through. He says, you have made me to serve with your sins. You have wearied me with your iniquities. I, even I, am he that blots out thy transgressions for mine own sake and will not remember thy sins. Put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. Verse 25 in the Amplified. He who blots out and cancels your transgressions for my own sake and I will not remember your sins. Now this is good news because I'm going to take you somewhere into Psalm chapter 5 and we're going to see back to what we were looking at at the beginning with Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3 said Jesus was raised from the dead to bless you by turning every one of you away from his iniquities. When we turned away from iniquity, we turned towards righteousness. We see nothing but righteousness. That's what we're looking at. We're looking at our righteousness because we're looking at him. When we behold Jesus, we behold our own righteousness. Now look at Psalm 5 verse 12. For thou, Lord, will bless the righteous with favor and will compass him as with a shield. Compass also means crown him. Crown him. You're, you're crowned with a shield of favor. The Amplified said, as with a shield you will surround him with goodwill, pleasure, and favor. Favor is free. It's not earned. It's by faith. And the blessing is on the righteous. The blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord that makes rich and adds no sorrow with it. The blessing of the Lord that he pronounced on Adam.
Adam when he created him. The blessing of the Lord that he pronounced on the creation to keep it going. His ability, his power, his strength. <laughs> it's yours because you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now Psalm 32. We're going to read this in the Amplified. It is strong. Now listen to this. Blessed is he who has forgiveness of his transgression continually exercised upon him, whose sin is covered. Continually exercised. 1 John 1.7 tells us that the blood of Jesus continually cleanses us and keeps us clean as we walk in the light, as we walk in the light of his word, as we walk with the Father by his spirit and through his word, his blood continually exercises cleansing and righteousness upon us. Verse 2, blessed is the man to whom the Lord imputes no iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. The man that is declared righteous through faith in the blood of Jesus is a new creation. And in your spirit there is no deceit. Verse 5. I acknowledged my sin to you and my iniquity I did not hide. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. Then you instantly forgave me the guilt and iniquity of my sin. Now 1 John 1, 9 says, If we do sin. If you recognize that you have sinned, he said if you will confess it and acknowledge it, he will forgive you that sin and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. If you're unaware that you did, his blood has you covered. You are kept in righteousness. But if when it comes to mind, when you recognize, when your heart is bothering you and you know that you did something wrong you need to clear that you need to you need to clear your own conscience you need to get the devil off your back so he can't run you into the ground and you do that by acknowledging your sin but you also do it by saying what Jesus said to say and he said you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus through faith in his blood so don't leave that out don't just wallow in the sin and confess the sin you need to confess your righteousness Hallelujah. So you admit what you're talking about, and then you declare your righteousness through the blood of Jesus. He said, I acknowledge my sin to you, and my iniquity I did not hide. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. Then you instantly forgave me the guilt and iniquity of my sin. Verse 6, For this forgiveness, let everyone who is godly pray. Pray to you in a time when you may be found. Surely, when the great waters of trial overflow, they shall not reach the Spirit in Him. Look at that. They will not reach the Spirit in Him. This forgiveness, everyone that is godly, pray. Pray to the Father. Come boldly to his throne of grace because you are the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. And these trials and this sin and this trouble, though it come and though it overflow and though it get you down, it will not reach your spirit in you. 
Why? Because your spirit is sealed. There can be no pollution of sin into the spirit of the righteous who are sealed with Holy Spirit. The blessing will not be revoked or removed. Stand boldly upon the reality that you are forever blessed and have total access to your Father in prayer. He walks with you. Therefore, like Joseph, you are a prosperous man. You're a prosperous person. Receive his counsel and flourish in all the benefits of righteousness. Hallelujah. Look at verse 7. You are a hiding place for me. You, Lord, will preserve me from trouble. You surround me with songs and shouts of deliverance. I, the Lord, will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. This is exciting. This is good. Look, I mean, that just stands out to me something huge. In verse 6, where he says, They shall not reach the Spirit in him. That is powerful. Over in Ephesians chapter 1, we see in verse 13, In whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of His glory. You see that? You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Sin, trouble, death, the devil, none of that iniquity, nothing can get into you. The Lord will not remember it. He preserves you. He compasses you with favor as with a shield. He surrounds you round about and none of that junk can get in you. So don't let it live in your mind. Don't let it live in your consciousness. Keep yourself clear from that by faith in the blood of Jesus. Do what you have to do to keep your conscience clean and clear and do not compromise what you pick up in your heart. Hallelujah. Follow your heart. Follow Holy Spirit. Do what he says do. Make sure it lines up with this word of God. It can't enter him. It can't enter him. We know that. I mean, it's just all through 1 John. 1 John chapter 3, it says in verse 7, little children. Now, let's back up. Let's go to 1 John chapter 3, verse 6. Whosoever abides in him sins not. Whosoever sins has not seen him, neither known him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that does righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that commits sin is of the devil, for the devil sins from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. <laughs> this is awesome. This is the word of God to you today. If you abide in Jesus and the Holy Spirit has sealed you, you cannot sin. You're not producing sin. Your spirit man is not manufacturing and creating sin. Any being any person, any man that is manufacturing and creating sin out of the inside of them doesn't know him. Everyone that is making, doing, creating righteousness from the inside out, from the heart, is righteous as Jesus is righteous. Anyone that is committing sin, practicing sin, making sin from the inside is of the devil. But for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. 
so that he would destroy the works of the devil. He would undo, loose, and dissolve, make it as though the works of the devil never existed. When you became a new creation by believing in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confessing with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you were made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. For what the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And therefore he destroyed the works of the devil. Now in verse 9, you are born of God, you will not commit sin. That doesn't mean you won't sin at times. What it means is you're not creating sin. It's not coming out of the inside of your being. You're doing something that you're not. It's, it's, it's like hypocrite, almost. I'm not calling you a hypocrite. What I'm saying is, is you're acting a way that you're not. You're not acting like yourself. You are the righteousness of God, so act like it. If you're sinning, and you're the righteousness of God, you're not acting like yourself. It's from the outside. It's from the mind setting itself on the flesh. It's from old training. It's from reacting to the influences and the mess of the world. And it's getting your eyes and your attention onto the wrong things. That will cause a person, whether righteous or not, to sin. But those that are righteous cannot create sin on the inside. You're not manufacturing. You're not making it. It's not normal. Why? Because his seed remains in him. He cannot sin because he is born of God. Now I declare that you are blessed, you who are the righteousness of God. So stand strong in faith, giving glory to God, being fully persuaded that what he's promised, he's able also to perform. Remember, the righteous by faith shall live.